You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I want to pray again at the end corporately, but I want to build your faith that you can receive right where you are. Because everyone needs miracles. We're just, these are just a couple of things to build your faith so that you, when you see a miracle, you go, gosh, that's amazing, Lord. Can he call me out? But I want you to know we would be here all night, which I don't have that privilege. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing. So we have to release it corporately because I do want to eat tonight. And, and you can hear God. How many of you know you can hear God as well? And you can get healed just in your seats tonight. And so we're expecting that. Can we give the worship team a big clap and a shout as we transition? I want to talk to you tonight about shake it off. Someone say shake it off. Do you know how many miracles can happen if you just shake off the problem? Just shake it off. You can have a seat. We have a couple of resources out there. I don't know exactly how much we have, but there's a book that I wrote that I haven't been traveling with that I've been keeping it at home. But I felt like in this season, we really need a baptism of joy in the world. And so this, is, this book is called The Art of Joy. And when I started to, when I wrote that, I was actually writing another book when the Lord asked me to write this book. He said, I want you to write a book on disappointment. I thought, that's going to be easy, God. That's no problem. I'm not disappointed. That's not an issue. I'm going to see a couple articles and write a couple things and get a couple scriptures and the book will be finished. I started writing the book and within like the first chapter, I was, I was so mad at God. I was like, I'm so disappointed in you. I literally threw my computer, the first, the first chapter I threw it away, and I was like, forget it, I'm not writing this book. About six months later, he says, you got to write that book. I told you to write it. And I didn't realize I was disappointed because most people who are disappointed are disappointed because they have major things, major issues. And I didn't realize until the Lord started to tell me that disappointed people back up in their faith and they stop believing for big things. They, that, that their faith, their faith channel, their faith tube has slowly been, been filled with residue of doubt and unbelief. And it's a lot of little prayers that you don't think were answered that make you go, I don't know if God does that anymore. And he says, I'm asking you to do big things, but you're not even willing to believe for big things because and it was really amazing. That was kind of offensive because we were traveling everywhere in the world and we were seeing miracles and signs and wonders. Our marriage is great. Our kids are great. Our ministry is great. But I had things that I was asking the Lord for and I hadn't seen those things. And I would go, I would come from a meeting where I just see deaf ears open and I'd come into my hotel room and my, or get home and I would cry and say, God, how can you love them? But you don't love me. And then I realized how much, I, I literally wrote this book and I wrote, finished all the chapters and I, he said, now read it. <laughs> and the first time I read it, it was every chapter. First chapter, I hate you, God. Second chapter, you're stupid. Third chapter, right? And I was just telling God off in these, I was so mad. And, he, and I go, I hate this book. This book is so stupid, you're making me read. And he says, you know why? It's because you forgot one key ingredient in writing it and you have to write it all over. He said, the one key ingredient is that I'm good and I'm always good, no matter what. I want to give this to this gentleman right here. I want to, can I bless you with this book? Yeah, bless you, man. 
Um, they have a couple other books. One, Followership. That was another complaining book that turned into a good book. Why did you give me these people? And then I had, he says, well, that's because you're trying to teach leadership, but I never taught leadership. I taught followership. Can I give you this? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the teams. We literally have had um, departments in, in Disney. They take their departments through that. And they said, we can't take it any higher because there's too many scriptures in it. If you ever choose to write a book without scriptures, then that'd be great. We could take it up higher. But they use it for training some of their employees. And we've had fire departments use it to train. And I literally wrote it because I was, trying to, I was ready to kill my workers. <laughs> I was ready to stab them. Not just a normal kill. I was going to stab them straight up close combat. <clears throat> Don't you know I'm from the hood? I used to live in Oakland. <laughs> this is called The Experimentalist. Frankie, this is a book that I wrote for the marketplace. It literally doesn't have any but one scripture in it. Um, and it's kind of hidden. The rest of them are hidden scriptures. And this is for the power, the power to ignore limits and Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, let's get into what the Lord wants to say tonight. We're talking about shake it off. Um, we're going to do this really quickly. In Acts 27, we see this, this incredible picture that, that Paul, the apostle, he's on a ship and he has to go see Caesar. You see in this place where he says, I have a heavenly vision. And this heavenly vision is that, that he would stand before Caesar. And he has certain things that he has to do before Caesar. On this way... He encounters a storm. How many of you know that there's times you can be on the way to the thing that God's calling you to do, and it brings you right into the middle of a storm? I know that we wish that we could be called on an assignment and there were no storms, but I can tell you today that if you're going through a storm, it's because you're on the way to an assignment. That assignments are always somehow being challenged by a storm. Jesus was on a, on a boat headed somewhere, and a storm arose. There's always something that's going to get in the way of it, but you have to be able to handle it. And I want to read this real quick because it says in, in Acts 27, verse 22, it says, the angel of the Lord comes to Paul as he's on the boat and he's, he's in distress and the people are distressed and the angel of the Lord says to him, take courage. I want you to know that courage is not something that hits you, it's something that you must take. If you're going to be courageous to go into your next level, you have to choose courage. Courage doesn't just come upon you, I'm going to wake up one day and I'm all powerful and courageous. Courage happens because you go, I'm taking it. I'm taking courage. I'm going to be courageous from this moment on. You may feel like your knees are shaking. You may feel like you're overwhelmed, but you're taking the courage. You're taking it. And in this, he says, take courage. None of you will, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will, will go. I want you to know, that we put, we put emphasis on things that don't really matter to the assignment. He says, you think the ship is what's getting you there? What's getting you there is your assignment. Some of you don't want to believe again to start another business because you lost, you lost the last ship. I'm going to say that. I'm going, I like you guys on the front row. If I had a couple more people that would just wow like them. I only have 30, 29 minutes. 
I want you to get this, that you must understand. He says that although although the ship may go, your life is not going to be ending. And if you had a disappointment, your life is not going to end. If you had a challenge, your life is not over. If you had a a setback, your life is not over. There is still something on the other side of you losing something. There's some people that you're going, well, this is my second. This is my second. This is my second. I want you to know it doesn't mean your life is over. goes in sort of the, for the last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Who wants to get there and stand trial anyways? <laughs> What's more, he says, God is in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Then he said again, take courage. For I believe God, for it will be just as he said. He said, I believe God, for it will be just as he said. I want you to know that if you are believing God, you must believe God, not based upon what someone else says, not based upon what you say. You must believe that it is just as he said. If he says he heals, your doctor says he doesn't, I want you to believe God, not the doctor. I want you to believe God. You must believe God. We have to understand that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. If you're building faith and walking in faith, you must know that you have to be excellent at collecting evidence. In collecting evidence, if I had a bottle, if I had that bottle right there, let me just, yes, thank you. If I had this bottle and I put this, this, this top is there and, and, and that part of the label's there and that label there, bottle's there. Faith is the substance of things that I'm hoping for, right? Gosh, I'm, I wish I had a bottle. I wish I had a bottle. And then all of a sudden I said, hey, here's a cap. Hmm, stupid cap. But the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. If I can find the cap, that means the rest of it is. If I can get the cap, that means the rest of it somewhere as well. And the cap, even though it's not the full bottle, is going to keep me searching. It's going to keep me looking. And I keep walking. Hey, look at that paper. Oh, if there's a label. See, we don't collect evidence very well. See, if he does it in your life, that's a bottle cap for me. If he does it in your life, that's a bottle cap for me. And it just means that somewhere, the rest of my miracle is on the way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet completely seen. I'm going to keep on collecting evidence until I get what I'm dreaming of. If God can do it for you, he can do it for me. If God can heal them, he can heal me. It's amazing because the only way to move a mountain is through that kind of faith. We think the mountain is moving because we just say to the mountain, which is true, but the fact is, is I've been collecting enough faith 
before I say. Sometimes we say as if we're actually playing dice. Come on, sweet ten. Here, blow on this. All right. And it's, that's not how faith is. Faith doesn't work, work as if it's going to just fall in the right place. Faith works because you're collecting the evidence. So I say to someone, I say, how, how, far, how far in your healing are you? You have back pain. How, 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 how much has it changed? Well, it's almost the same. But it's not the same? Yeah, it's almost the same. So it changed after we prayed. Yes, how much did it change from one to 10? Uh, it's about a five. You, it's five better? Yeah, it was a 10 and now it's a five. How many know that's evidence? Yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was a 10, but now it's a one. How many know the one is evidence? How many know $5,000 in a miracle blessing is evidence that prosperity is on the way? You and I need to be amazing at collecting evidence. No case is won by one statement. It's won by a collection. Come on, somebody. It's won by a collection of evidence. And you and I need to collect evidence that prove what God said he would do. It's a proof that God will do it. So faith is the access to the impossible. The impossible can happen when we say to a mountain, be removed, but we believe in the impossible. Because God says he's the God of the impossible. Do you know, I, I finally, one day I looked up the word impossible. You know what it means? To be strong enough. That literally anything I'm calling impossible means that I think it's stronger than me. Well, that's impossible. What's really worse is I think it's stronger than God. Impossible, impossible is only a strength thing. It's a strength thing. Some of you don't know that you've been working out for a long time. That which you used to have a, a challenge pushing, you go and push it, it goes now right away. I remember I used to work out in the gym for a while and uh, be, in high school. And, and, and <laughs> in high school, and I used to just struggle under two, two plates, just like struggle. And then I didn't work out for a long season. And then about 15 years ago, the Lord said, I want you to work out every day except for Sunday. So I work out every day for the last 15 years except for Sundays. But I remember when he called me back into the gym, I, I put on these weights thinking it was going to be hard. I hadn't lifted weights for at least 10 years. And I remember going, because somewhere along the way of life, I got stronger. I didn't even, come on, I didn't even know I got, come on somebody, I didn't even know I got stronger. And I want to tell someone in this room, you don't even know you got stronger. And you don't even know how much stronger you are. And you will never know until God puts some plates on your life. Why don't you save me from this? Because I'm trying to show you how much stronger you are. You're stronger than you think you are. Uh, if I just didn't have any problems, if you didn't have any problems, you wouldn't know how strong you are. And if you don't know how strong you are, you don't know how big of a mountain you can actually move. See, all the practices are evidence. It's all evidence. I was praying for this gentleman once, and we were, we were praying for him, and he had cancer, and, and uh, 
He had nine major tumors in his body. So we, we, just, we just decided to go one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Which, which, which one causes the most pain is this one. So we started digging into it. We said, in the name of Jesus, we, we go after this one. We just, we, and it would dissolve. It would dissolve. And we go the next day and we come back the next day. Not every day. We wouldn't do it all. all the, we just go the next time. And then we go the next time. Which one are we going for now? And, we, and so he says, let's go for this one. This one is really causing me pain. It's, it's on my spine. Let's go for it. And so we just went after and we got, and that one would dissolve. And then, and then we went about eight in. We were at the last one. It was the last one. And, and we're like, oh, let's go. And then all of a sudden I heard him say something that was a little bit different. He said, um, he said, yeah, I could, he says, I have faith, but I don't know if I'm worthy. See, the whole time we've been collecting evidence. First one goes away. Second one goes away. Eight go away. That's evidence that we're on the right track. Then all of a sudden he says, you know, I've done some things in my life. I've had some, you know, and what, what I, I say, well, what are you saying? We are, we're digging into this. We're getting this thing handled. We're, belie we're believing God. And every time something disappears and the doctors are amazed. And I, and I realized he said to me, he said in the middle of a conversation, yeah, this is the first one. This is the one that started with. And the one that started with, started with an unworthy position. And I realized that some of us don't have a faith issue. We have a righteousness issue. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. That word just is the same word as righteous. Just and righteousness are the same word. And so sometimes we go, I have faith. He had faith, but what he didn't feel is that he was already bought with a price. That God already dealt with any unrighteous activities of his, come on somebody, any activities of his life in the past that were unrighteous were already handled and he did not have the privilege of comparing where he was now based upon the things that he did in the past because God wanted to set him free because God made him his righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And some of you are going, I'm believing, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith, but deep down you go, do I deserve it? And you haven't been able to move the mountain because you think you should deserve it. But you don't deserve it. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. I don't deserve doing what I'm doing. Do you believe that I'm up here? I used to sling drugs. Do you think I deserve to be right here? Selling the gospel? I'm slinging gospel right here, y'all. The realization is your worthiness is, should not be the issue because he's already made you worthy by calling you righteous. I'm, I'm breaking something off of someone right now. You are already righteous. You are already righteous because he made you righteous and your kidneys are healed because he made you righteous. And I realized I couldn't get him past the unworthy feeling, that unworthy place. And I said, Lord, I, I don't want this ever to happen again. I need people to realize the righteousness is their faith. Faith in you. So I had to believe that God was calling me righteous even when I didn't feel righteous. And I had to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am. You've made me that. It's not something I could have made for myself. Are you believing what I'm saying? It's not something I could have done for myself. And whether I believe I am worthy 
and righteous based upon me or based upon him determines the level of faith I get to operate in. If I believe that he's powerful enough to make me righteous, then I believe he's powerful enough to give me words to move any mountain. But sometimes we look at a mountain going, I don't know, that mountain's too big for me. It is. That's only because you're still judging righteousness based upon you. Is this okay? I know we have, we're, we're, moving, we're moving here. I want you to get this. So Paul is promised, I'm gonna, the righteousness of your assignment is so big, I'm saving everybody on this boat. That's amazing. Do you know I believe that that's what God is doing with Pastor Jurgen and Leanne? Do you, do you know that I believe that that's what God is doing, that he's put something on them as an assignment of having 16 locations and multiple locations now expanding across? I saw a dream last night of a building uh, that God was going to give, and I was like, wow, that's such a huge building. That's such an amazing building. I, I, it, I haven't told anybody except for you, actually. You guys pulled it out of me. Gosh, I can't keep any secrets in this church. I mean, it was just huge. But God has put something on a man and a woman of God and has given them an assignment and whoever links in lives. Wow. The ship is lost. Do you know what Paul needed to do? He needed to collect evidence that he wasn't supposed to die right there. He found a log, a piece of the ship. A little, come on. He found evidence floating in the water. And he leaned on that evidence until it brought him to the shore of Malta. It's amazing. Couldn't you imagine if he would have thrown away the one little evidence he needed to keep going? Some of you are ready to throw away the one little evidence that it takes for you to keep going. But that little piece of log, you're like, but I have nothing but this log. That little piece of log will get you to the shore. And from the shore, anything can happen. Don't let go of that one piece of evidence. Don't let go of what, that one piece of evidence. Don't let go of that one piece of evidence. He held that evidence, Pastor. He held it and he kept on holding it and he held it until he climbs off the shore, climbs under the shore, crawls up and he stands. And the Bible says that he met some natives of Malta and the natives of Malta are there and they are greeting him. And the Bible is really amazing how they describe him, this circumstance. These natives that Paul says that they're treating me very kind. They're doing good stuff for me. It's, it's a great circumstance. I love it. They're nice to me. They lit a fire and everything. So Paul says, I want to be nice just like they're nice. And he goes over and he grabs some logs and he comes over with these logs and he begins, he, he puts logs on the fire. As he puts a log on the fire, a snake jumps up and bites him. I don't want you to ever use your good kind act that activates a snake as a reason to stop being good. Well, I was trying really hard to work for a church in the past and man, someone bit me and the next thing you know, I just was like, I don't believe in God. That's a big... Wait, is that just me that thinks that that's a big step? You don't believe in God because of one snake? 
You have to understand your kind acts will always activate a snake. That snake jumped up and bit him and he's like there. And what did he do? Oh, you mean he didn't go? Poisons! Poisons! Google, what happens? Oh, it was a, it was that snake? 30 seconds. Because I must believe that it will be just. How many things can God put in between him and his assignment that will prove as evidence? He shakes it off. It's amazing. He shakes it off and he goes and sits down and all the natives are like, come on, can I come here? And they're like, which is get popcorn, we're gonna watch him die. How many people are packing a lunch to watch you die? expecting that this thing that you're going through is going to take you out. I want you to know you're not going to be sitting there sucking the poison out. You're not going to be sitting there doing it. You're not going to be, you're going to be there going, hmm, I'm drawing a boat. I'm going to draw out the works for my next level. I'm getting to Caesar. This is what I'm going to do in front of Caesar. I'm going to moonwalk a little bit before Caesar. I'm going to you're sitting there planning the next level and they're going, oh, he's about to die. He's about to die. She's about to die. She get ready to die. Oh, they will never outlast this one. Oh, watch that awaken, that awaken church. They, oh, they changed their name. It's not going to work. People expect bad. The moment you changed your name to awaken, everyone said, well, what's, what's up with that C3 church? Are they no longer C3 anymore? <laughs> no, they're expanding bigger than your mind can handle. Stop making it petty. Stop making it small. In order to go global, we have to go bigger. We have to, come on, in order to go global, we have to go bigger. We have to go bigger. Come on, somebody. We have to go. In order for you to go global, you need people sitting there waiting for you to die. They're waiting for you to fall up and shrivel up and die. How can you not going to die? You're not going to die. I'm watching it. Miracle worker, promise keeper. Sun stands still. He's sitting there going, just manicuring himself, and they're going, any moment now, any moment now, he doesn't die. You know what's really amazing? How quick people change when you have success. First, they're going, this guy, he deserves to die because he's a murderer. I'm like, what kind of like, have you been hearing? Because he was a murderer. It's all true. 
but the realization is he's still not going to die because of his past and neither are you. God has too big of a future in front of you. You know what they said, Frankie? They said, he must be a God. I would have been like, yes. <laughs> That's why God hasn't put me on Malta yet, because, <laughs> you know what? I would have had them carry me on. on I would be like, they would have had me on a chair. They would have had some kind of dance, just a special dance. It would have been the latest thing on YouTube and all the kids would have been doing it. It would have been the Malta theory. The next thing you know, they're saying he's a God. And then they say, you know, we have someone else that's sick over here. Can I tell you, you're about to bring a breakthrough because you survive. You're about to bring a breakthrough to something else because you didn't die. You're about to bring a breakthrough to something else because you kept on going. You kept on breathing. You kept on living. living. You kept on planning. You kept on hoping. You kept on trusting. I want you to know if you can trust God, you will see the miracle. I believe that it will be just as he said it will be. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.